Adventurers, welcome back to another episode of That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. My name's Jamie. My name is Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Bree. Jamie. What's our episode about tonight? We have a really cool episode for you guys. We got to sit down with the Mike Barra. Mike Barra, he's a New York Times bestselling author, lecturer, and TV personality. He's been on shit like Ancient Aliens and also, I mean, it, it Documentaries. goes on. Yeah, it goes on and on. The list is never ending, but most of you guys are going to know him from Ancient Aliens. Absolutely. He's almost on every single episode. So it was really cool that he's um, sat down and took the time to talk with us tonight. We have met him a couple times at Contact the Desert (laughs) and Alien Con, and he's a pretty cool guy. He's very down to earth. Super. We always have a good time when we hang out with him, good conversations, and so we wanted to bring it to you guys. All right, Brie, let's just jump straight into it. Really Really good good conversation, conversation, and we only have half of it recorded. Also, there's a large possibility that it's the government doing this, and they don't want us to talk to each other. (laughs) Yep. Why wouldn't they? Of course they wouldn't. Of course not. Of course not. Well, I do. You do know I have a CIA agent who follows me everywhere. I did not know oh, that. Oh God! Now I yeah, his no. name's Carl. Carl. Now I don't want to talk to you anymore. I, listen, he's there regardless of what I do. He just follows me around. Sometimes he like I'll be on my computer. He like turns on my little camera, and I'm like, Carl, you're so obvious. Like I can see the green light on, and then I'll say that, and it'll turn off, and I'm like, really, Carl? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw him at AlienCon. Really. I, really? There was this Carl. weird, there was this weird dude at the bar in a suit who was just like staring at me, and I was like, "Bree, I think that's Carl." Well, you know, I got approached by a lady at Alien Con who said she was with the CIA. Stop. No. Yeah, I was on, a, I was on the Antarctica panel, and I no. said something, and anyway, it ended, and I'm standing there at the front of the stage. A couple people wanted to say hi and shake my hand, and this, this really. Um, nice, milfy-looking lady comes up to me and <laughs> hands me ha- she hands me her card and she says, "I work for the CIA. Google me." And uh, she's got gives me her card and it's got a bunch of stuff written on it, contact information, and I put it somewhere and now I can't find it. So I don't know what she wanted to talk to me about. I've heard I've had some of my psychic friends tell me what she wanted to talk to me about, but I don't know what she wanted to talk to me about. So, but I would like to get a hold of her. So if she's listening to this broadcast, Carl, if you're listening, tell tell them to uh... yeah, yeah, Carl, Carl, tell the tell the Miffy C Milfy CIA lady to get a hold of Mike Barra, because um, there might be some money in it. You know, if they're willing to pay me, I'm willing to like you know to be a hoe. So I love that. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So. Yeah, so I, I'd like to get her, I'd like, I'd like her to get a hold of me if she's listening to the show, to the broadcast. That would be awesome. What did the psychic say? Psychic said that it had something to do with stuff that was in my Kennedy book and the Kennedy presentation that they didn't like me talking about that implicated them. Although I don't think really Ooh. that much of what I put in the book is really CIA. You know, to me, CIA is almost the cliche go-to deep state agency, deep space, uh, deep state agency. I think there's just way more. Um, <clears throat> there's other secret societies and alphabet agencies that I think are more interesting than CIA, but I, you know, I don't know. I won't know until they get a hold of me. So that's nuts. So speaking of, of, uh, JFK and aliens, uh, tell us all about your new book. I have this great new book called ancient aliens and JFK. And it is about the Kennedy assassination and how it is connected to aliens and UFOs and specifically ancient aliens. And I have kind of an unusual or unique theory on why Kennedy was assassinated, and it has to do with the fact that unbeknownst to many people, Kennedy was actually planning to go to the moon in cooperation with 
the Soviet Union with Khrushchev and the Russians. Remember the Russians? We hear them all, all about them now on the radio and the TV all the time. The Russians, the Russians. So Kennedy was going to go to the moon with the Russians. And I think the scary thing about that for the MJ-12 folks was that they, um, they knew that there was ancient alien technology there. And, and what I think happened is Kennedy got elected, tried to find out what the government knew about UFOs, because he already knew about aliens. He already knew that they had visited the planet Earth and wanted to tell people about it, and he got stonewalled. And when he got stonewalled, he just basically said, okay, F you guys, I'm going to start my own space program. It's going to be public, we're going to use you know, current technology, and we're going to go there, and we're going to bring back the alien stuff and, and reverse engineer it ourselves for a public secret space program. And, um, and I think that uh, when he brought the Russians into it, that was really the last straw for the... Um, for the deep state, and they decided they had to take him out. So I'm not sure which aspect of that theory is is really the thing that they're upset about. But um, you know, and there's a lot of things in the book that you really haven't seen much of, or very rarely on places before. I'm going to show you that there was a second gunman on the grassy knoll. I'm going to show you who the gunman on the grassy knoll actually was, who he worked for, how he knew Oswald, the fact that Oswald was in the sixth force um, window of the school book depository. Um, I'm going to put it all, I put it all together for you. And, and then at the end, um, I talk about, you know, the whole, did we really go to the moon or not? Or was it faked? And did Stanley Kubrick, good God, did Stanley Kubrick film it on a, on a studio in area 51? And I totally take apart all that crap. And yeah, we really went to the moon and they hid a lot from us about what they were actually doing. But you know, that's what the book is about. And I think it's, it's really something I'm the most excited about that I've worked on for a long time. So by all means, pick it up. Right now, you can only get it at adventuresunlimitedpress.com. Okay, adventuresunlimitedpress.com. That's the only place you can get it. You'll be able to get it on Amazon uh, not, till, not until September, so another month or so before you can pick it up there. One of my favorite conspiracies, I guess not really conspiracy, but kind of like a, a thing that people always mention when it comes to the JFK assassination would be the babushka lady. And I really want to hear your take on what you think or who you think the babushka lady is. I think it's a lady named Beverly Oliver who was in a TV show called The Men Who Killed Kennedy. Episode 2, um, Forces of Darkness. You can find it on YouTube. And they, in they interview the lady there who says she was the babushka lady because she was there filming with her camera that she gave her, her, um, her film to an FBI agent. She specifically names the agent. And, of course, it was never returned. And she says, I was filming the grassy knoll. I had a good view. And you know, you could have probably seen it, uh, seen exactly who was up there if there was a shot that came from the grassy knoll. So that's what she says in the video, and I recommend you go to YouTube and take a look at that. And it also introduces you to a guy named Gordon Arnold. Now, Gordon Arnold went to the grassy knoll basically thinking there was a parade. He was just out of boot camp. Uh, he was waiting to be reassigned or assigned to Alaska for the U.S. Army. And he was there with his mother's 8mm camera and was filming the parade or the uh, motorcade of the president. When a shot went right past his ear, right standing there at the grassy knoll, and then it, it goes on to analyze a photograph that I talk about in the book, the Mary Mormon photograph, which shows a figure on the grassy knoll wearing a Dallas policeman's uniform holding a rifle with a muzzle flash, and that guy's commonly called Badge Man, because you can see the badge on his chest where the policeman's badge was. And so um, th these are all... You know, it's all connected, and really a good part of the book is based on some of that, that research on a show. It was a TV show that was done in about 1993 or 4 for uh, the A&E Network. So by all means, go there, The Men Who Killed Kennedy, and look up Episode 2 
And it, it's a really great overview of a lot of the stuff that I put in the book. So my question is then, so if that's, you know, the babushka lady, why do people still like talk about it to this day that they don't know the, who the babushka lady is? And, you know, where is her footage? I mean, I see it almost in every YouTube video you can imagine about JFK, where people are trying to figure out who is this lady and what information does she have? Well, you know, I think people get really attached to their conspiracy theories, right? I mean, you know, when when Bob Lazar first came out and talked about his stuff with Area 51, he was roundly attacked by people in the UFO community. Stanton Friedman especially went after him really, really hard because his story was a bigger deal than the work that Stan had been doing at the time. So that was kind of a problem. So I think you get people that, that form their own conspiracy theory. And when somebody comes out, like Beverly Oliver, and says, no, I, I was the Babushka lady. That was me. I was standing there. I was wearing a headscarf. I was filming with my camera. They don't want to believe it because they don't believe that it's as simple as it was this lady, Beverly Oliver, who talked about talked about what she, what she saw that day. So, you know, I don't think she has any real credibility issues. There are other people who do. Um, and I just think what happens is people get attached to their specific conspiracy theory. There are people that are attached to the fact that Oswald wasn't involved, whereas I, the detail, the information I looked into... I am highly confident that Oswald was on the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository with the Manlicher Carcano rifle firing at the president. And I do believe he hit him with at least one shot, the shot that went through his um, into his back and through his throat, which, by the way, also killed him. So Kennedy would have died a few minutes later from that shot, even without the head, the, the head shot. So, you know, I mean, Oswald was definitely involved. There are now new documents. This is the reason that this all got inspired in me was when President Trump released the new Kennedy documents. And there were documents in there that confirmed that Oswald knew the guy who I identify as Badgeman. And I want to keep that a secret, but I identified him as Badgeman, that they were meeting together in Jack Ruby's nightclub a week before the assassination. And Jack Ruby is the guy who killed Lee Harvey Oswald. So uh, I just, it's like the idea that Oswald was not involved is just, to me, it's just ridiculous. But people are very attached to their own theories and they don't like to give them up easily. Like, like Kubrick's Odyssey. Do you think that Oswald was a FBI or, you know, letter agency, like, um, operative or informant or something like that? Yeah, he had definite connections to FBI. He had definite connections to CIA. He, he was a wannabe assassin. He took a trip to Mexico uh, in, in October before the assassination. He met with the, the chief of the Russian Assassination Bureau in, in, in the Americas. You know, he, he was trying to get hired as an assassin. He attempted to kill a, um, a political figure before he, he killed Kennedy, a few months before he, he shot at Kennedy. So, I mean, yeah, there's definite connections. I mean, he got fired from a job in New Orleans because he was spending all of his time in, in the building next door, which was a motor pool. It was a CIA motor pool, FBI CIA motor pool for the New Orleans offices. So, he, you know, he had all these connections to these agencies. And it may have been just that he was, you know, he wanted to be part of all this deep clandestine stuff, or it may have been that he was really an asset. So, you know, that's, again, there's now, God, there's now 23,000 documents, give or take, out there that have been released since October of, of last year that, you know, I certainly haven't gone all the way through, so I'm, I'm hoping somebody else will. But that's not my thing. I'm not, a, I'm not a sit in the archives and read document after document. That's actually funny because when, when all those documents came out, I was telling Brie about them and I was like, oh, you got to go read this stuff. And she's like, why would I read through all of these things? And I like, 
I messaged her like a link and I was like, Bree, someone's doing that. You just got to read the updates. You don't have to read the actual information. Somebody's somebody's like briefing us on all of it. You just got to search for that. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is when you when you see so many different documents, when you go through so many, you're bound to miss something that's right in front of your face. So <clears throat> it's better to let the professionals do it. I so speaking of documents, do you take this alleged burn memo as legitimate? Oh, I think the burn memo is definitely legitimate. I talk about it in the book for sure. It's... um. You know, it, it's full of extraordinary stuff, and it's been, the thing is, it's been evaluated and verified by Dr. Bob Wood, who is not only the guy who gave Stanton Friedman, the aforementioned Stanton, Stanton Friedman, his start in the UFO thing, but he's, you know, he's a PhD, he's a brilliant engineer, he's a physicist, and he's a documents expert, and, and if he says it's authentic, then I'm going to buy that it's authentic, and he does that for, he does that with, you know, he gives various reasons why he, um, he believes it to be authentic. And so I would say, yeah, that's good enough for me. It has a certain date and timestamp. The ink, the paper is all consistent with the period. So I have no doubt in my mind that the burn memo is, is a real thing. And, and, you know, when you go through it, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying what's in there. I have a question from some listeners. They want to know if you think that Marilyn Monroe was murdered because of aliens. <laughs> I get this a lot. I got this on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. Yes. And by the way, wasn't that sweet when George came? and hung with us at the table like at contact in the desert and, and we, we had a drink and that was awesome chatted about stuff george is such a great guy that was such a lovely thing to have him just sit and, and drink tequila with us it was great yeah yeah i think i think george is a scotch guy but i'm not sure so no but we ordered him tequila and he oh, drank it you? yes <laughs> yeah well you know yeah so anytime a, i get people to drink tequila is a win for me it is it is a win for you it really is sweetie <laughs> <laughs> so um <clears throat> Now, I didn't deal with the Marilyn Monroe affair thing in the book. It would have been a much longer book if I had. But look, here's the thing. All we have are these rumors that Marilyn was going to talk about aliens. Here's the thing. Marilyn talking about aliens would be the equivalent of Madonna coming out and saying that Bill Clinton told, you know, she had an affair with Bill Clinton and he told her that there were aliens. Okay. Now, do you think anybody would take that particularly seriously if it happened today? <laughs> oh, no. no. No one would give a shit, honestly. And nobody would give a shit, I don't think, in 1963 what Marilyn thought about aliens. So I, <laughs> I tend to think that that's exaggerated. And the thing is, it's a story. and There's just, there's no proof of the story. I mean, I'm open to it. If somebody can show me some evidence or some proof, I might lean that way. But you know, Marilyn was a very troubled woman. She could have definitely committed suicide. She also could have been assassinated because she was in a position to damage the Kennedys politically. Whether Bobby and Jack were capable of murder, I don't know. I, I don't think so, based on what I know of them. See, I don't think it was Bobby and, and Jack, though. If, if we wanted yeah. a real conspiracy on this, I think that it was Deep State that killed her because I think that she was a liability to them. Yeah, it could it could be if she became a liability. But again, there's no... These are just claims. These are just stories. There's no real evidence. And as far as I know, there's not even any firsthand testimony. Like, Shirley MacLaine didn't come out and say, oh, yeah, Marilyn told me that there were aliens and Jack knew all about it and he was going to tell the whole world about it and that's why they killed him and her. Nobody's ever said that. So we just have this this kind of story. It's kind of like the 9-11 conspiracy stuff about building number seven. It's just this theory that's out there that doesn't really have any basis in fact if you actually look at the video and dig into the dig into the details. Or the uh, a missile hit the Pentagon, not a plane. It, 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 again, it's, it's a theory that's out there, but it's just not correct. Or better yet, a better example is I talk about in Ancient Aliens and JFK, Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landings on the studio in Area 51. That has zero basis in fact there isn't one hint 
of a rumor, of a possibility, of a fact that that's true. And yet people believe it. It's just shocking to me how many people buy this BS. That's why I just had to post it on my, I posted the chapter on my uh, blog, mikebarrett.blogspot.com. I just posted that whole chapter on Kubrick's Odyssey because it's time for this nonsense to stop. So anyway. You know, here's the thing. I don't think that we went went to the moon the first time around, but I don't think that it was filmed at Area 51 and Stanley did it by any means. But I also think that it's a little bit iffy whether or not we were there. Read my new book, Ancient Aliens and JFK. Maybe I'll bring one the next time I hang out with you girls. And after you're done with that book, you will believe that we went because we did. I'm going to send you your book so you can sign it and then send it back to me. Oh, okay. That's a great idea. I'll do that. Isn't that a wonderful idea? Mm -hmm. But did we go the first time that it was televised? Yes, we absolutely went. We did? Yes. Okay. We did. We did. We did. We've been. Okay. Now, if you watch a lot of the videos of the broadcast, when they go to places that I look at the maps and I look at the images and I think this is really interesting, when they go to some of these places, the camera just, you know, the lunar rover camera, it just starts panning everywhere except what the astronauts were doing. So there were many ways that they could hide the secret shit they were doing without having to fake the whole thing, which would have been a logistical nightmare. And uh, it's just it's just one of these things that people that don't remember it, they buy into it because they don't remember how real it all was. And, you know, I read some stuff from John Lear tonight on Facebook and I like him, but it's like, Jesus, every, you know, he posted like 15, 15 reasons why we didn't go to the moon and every single one of them was wrong. Every single one of them is easily refuted. So it's like, Geez, really? Okay, <laughs> got it. Okay. Do you think we're on the moon now? I don't know. It's a good question. I would suspect so because I think we've got technology. I mean, I wrote a book. The book I wrote before Ancient Aliens and JFK was called Hidden Agenda, and it was about the secret space program. And my conclusion at the end of that book was that, hey, we definitely had flying saucer-type technology within our grasp by the late 1950s at the latest. So if that's true, then we certainly had the technology to go there a long time ago, and I'm sure we're going there now using that technology. So... My guess is yes, although I can't prove it, and I can't point to any really solid evidence, but I lean in that direction. If you can say, without giving away your whole book, what is the connection between JFK and NASA? Well, the connection is that basically he didn't really start NASA, but he's the one who gave it its mission and its impetus. He's the one who said, we will go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. hard. <laughs> I actually do a much better David Hatcher Childress than I do a John F. Kennedy, but I'm working on my Kennedy. <laughs> that wasn't um, bad. That wasn't bad. That's um, a great and, speech, and, though. you know, Von Braun and others inside were deep state. And, right. you know, they wanted to succeed at this, but they also didn't want to give this information, didn't want to give the technology, the ancient alien technology. They didn't want to give it to the Russians. And so that was a big problem. And MJ-12 didn't want the... Um, you know, the UFO alien information to get out. And, you know, there's, again, there's people like Dr. Michael Sala that have talked about, well, you know, Kennedy, because of these same documents I talked about, Kennedy was going to tell the world about aliens. There's no proof Kennedy was going to tell the world about aliens, although I think that was a factor. That was a possibility for something that could have been done later on down the road. What we know for a fact, and it, they're missing this point, is that it was the fact that he was going to go there with the Soviet Union, with the Russians, that was what required him to be killed, not that he was going to tell people about aliens, which he may have, he may not have. So so what you're saying is maybe why Kennedy was assassinated is not necessarily just because of aliens, but because he was tr also trying to involve the Soviets right. with this information. Right, it's because there were these two national security action memos that basically told CIA, the director of CIA and the director of NASA, 
to open up an office to start sharing information with the Russians. And it does mention in there, make sure they know the difference between our secret aircraft and any, quote, bona fide UFOs, in so many words. And that, that was part of it. But what that meant was, hey, we are actually moving forward with this secret plan or this plan to share this information with the Russians. And once that happened, that's when he had to be gotten rid of. That was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Gotcha. Because 10 days later, they killed him after he did that. So up until then, he'd gotten away with it. But once he actually opened the office and said, start sharing technology and information with the Russians, they blew his head off. So I have one question, and it's, com- it's sort of completely off topic. But I have heard you say that you believe Ron Hubbard might have been working with the naval intelligence. L. Ron Hubbard, yeah. It is true now. I, I wrote a book with Richard Hoagland way back in the beginning called Dark Mission back in 2007. And that was a book where we talked about all this stuff, including the involvement of the Church of Scientology with Jack Parsons and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, out in Pasadena. And by the way, there's a pretty interesting TV show on uh, CBS All Access now called Strange Angel, which is all about Jack Parsons and JPL. So you might watch that. I met, I met a couple of the actors of Contact, and so I liked them. But the show gets off to a really slow start. But if you stick with it, I think it's starting to get better. So, And L. Ron Hubbard was involved with this group. And we wrote that, you know, what was Hubbard doing there? And he basically ran off with Parsons' wife, his money, and his yacht to Florida. And... The Scientology people weren't very fond of that depiction of L. Ron Hubbard. So they invited me to come to their um, their church, their offices, their temple, whatever you call it, in Hollywood. And they, they were very nice. And I did meet with them. And they gave me a bunch of their documentation that essentially said, pointed out that L. Ron Hubbard, you know, worked for naval intelligence and that his task was to disrupt and break up this black magic cult at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And assuming that all the documents they gave me are real, which my, that is my assumption at this point, I would have to say that I think that's a very strong possibility. I'd say better than 50%. I think it's 60% that he really was working for naval intelligence. And I'm not just saying that because I'm afraid they're listening. I'm saying that because that's what I really think. I was, I was impressed with their presentation. And, you know, again, and so I wrote that on, in the revised edition of Dark Mission. I, I wrote uh, an update on that and said... You know, I, I think it's better than 50-50 that they're, they're speaking the truth. Either way, it doesn't change the weirdness, the occult practices, the black magic shit that was going on at JPL and therefore going on at NASA. And, you know, it doesn't change any of that stuff. But it means that Hubbard's involvement may not have been what I initially assumed it was. Okay, so then Jack Parsons, was he assassinated by the CIA or do you think that his death was faked and then he was plucked to be in the secret space program? I, yeah, wow, that's big. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know that, I mean, you know, Parsons' death is a little bit mysterious. It's not a lot mysterious, but it's a little bit mysterious because basically he dropped a full night of, of mercury or I don't remember what the hell he had in it, but it blew up and this whole lab blew up and he burned to death. Uh, and people are saying, look, this guy knew how to handle volatile chemicals. He's been doing it his whole life. He'd been doing it for at least 20 years. The odds of him, was you know, dropping something and starting a fire are pretty remote. You know, maybe the CIA burned him alive inside of his own, his own garage, his own laboratory to get rid of him. Some people say he was working with Israel, the Mossad, and that's why they got rid of him or the Mossad killed him or I mean, why not? CIA killed him. Look, again, I don't know any of that to be a fact here's the thing about parsons is i know he did a lot of drugs right so he could have had a seizure he could have fallen with that thing he could have tripped over something people make mistakes people screw up very true nobody's infallible 
right? I mean, have you ever tripped and fallen and skinned up your knee? You didn't intend to do that, but it happens, right? Everybody's dorky. Everybody does <laughs> things. And when you've got a handful of explosives, it's a bad deal if you trip and fall. So I, I can't say that I know that for a fact Aww. because I just don't have a lot of proof of that. Can you factor sci-fi it? <laughs> like, okay, so we have a segment on our show called Factor Sci-Fi where we either factor sci-fi it. So is Jack killed? <laughs> And do you think that he was killed by them, or do you think Factor Sci-Fi? Like, what are you into? You can always middle bitch it. That's another option that Brie takes frequently, but we prefer a yes or a no. Mm. I feel like he's leaning towards well, Sci-Fi. I, you look, I am a black and white person. Ooh. I'm an either or. I like basically when I, once I gather all the information, I make a choice. Right? I had wrote this book called Choice that where I bought, bought choices. So I think the Marilyn thing, Sci-Fi. Oswald with Patsy sci-fi and i gotta say jack parsons was killed by the cia or somebody else probably sci-fi i'm leaning towards sci-fi oh no you sci-fi all of them oh so all of them are sci-fi the moon landings were fake sci-fi stanley kubrick faked the moon landing Okay, okay, so my next question was going to be, do you think that the moon's hollow? Oh, huh? fact. Yeah, I'd have to say, yeah. Well, I mean, hollow in a sense, not completely hollow, but there are vast underground spaces inside the moon. I mean, in, in fact, it's really pretty interesting. There was a, a case a few years ago, 10 years ago now, a, a probe called LCROSS, L-C-R-O-S-S. And what it was supposed to do was fire this projectile into a, a lunar crater near the South Pole. South Pole, I think, maybe the North Pole. And they were going to hit what they hoped was ice in the crater, at the bottom of the crater, and it would spew this up into a plume, and then this, the rest of the spacecraft would fly through the plume and analyze it, right? And, wow, well, do we have water ice there? Do we have rock? Something like that. That was the idea. So they fired this thing into the surface of the moon, and it was pitch dark there, and nothing happened. It was like throwing a, a rock into a big pile of mud, just bloop, and nothing got shot up into the air. And so then they went and took a bunch of photographs as best they could and enhanced the shit out of them. And you can actually see right where this thing went into the crater area, you can see the the skin of the lunar surface is split apart. And inside of it, you can see beams, tubes, girders. You can see the inside of the moon. Yeah, I think that's in um, Ancient Aliens on the Moon, my book about the moon. I believe that picture is in there. So... Not to promo by books again. No, yeah. no. It's all about your we're promo, all, baby. We're all about all shameless plugs here, trust I, yeah, me. Yeah, I would never do that. So I think that's at the end, uh, one of the last chapters of, of that book. So, yeah. I mean, I think if you Google Elcross, you're going to find that image. I know that everyone's saying right now, like, the whole the whole shit that's coming out about the lake that's in Mars, right. like, on the polar caps or right, whatever. Polar caps. Personally, what we feel is we've always known there's water on Mars, and so this isn't any news to us. We're kind of like, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, we know this. So we kind of went, what's your kind of take on it? Yeah, I Surprised. actually talked about this the other night with George, and I wrote a paper with, with Hoagland in 2001 talking about water on Mars, where it was, how it was distributed. So yeah, it's a water ice lake on the planet Mars. It's probably very salty, very briny, but it is nevertheless actual water. And th- we've known that for a long time. We've known there's microbial life on Mars since 1976. So my take on that is that, yeah, it's about time you guys finally admitted what everybody already knew. So now it's just a question of when are we going to go there and start terraforming the place and bring it back to life? That's what we ought to be doing. I- I'm assuming you want us to go to Mars to terraform it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just said so. You're yeah. all in? Yes, okay. I just said. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm all in, just a- I'm You're all in. in on that. Yeah. So then my question is, is, but why? A couple of different reasons. One... Mars used to be habitable just like the Earth was. There were three Earths in this solar system at one time. There was Earth, there was Venus, and there was Mars. Now, Mars is a unique case because it was not a planet. It was a moon of another planet, planet 
5, also known as uh, maybe Tiamat. But it was a planet that used to exist. It was what they call now a super-Earth that we see around other, in other solar systems that we don't seem to have any of here in, in our solar system. And it blew up. And it devastated the civilization on Maldek? Mars. Yeah, Maldek, right. Yes, thank you. You know the name better than I do. I should read my own books before I come on shows like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it blew up. And it devastated Mars. It almost certainly devastated Venus at the same time. And Earth probably was hit by some of the debris. Probably what killed the dinosaurs yeah, fuck that 65 million years ago. Or maybe shit. only two or three million years ago. Maybe even more recent than that. We don't know for sure. So there used to be three Earths in the solar system. There was an inner Earth, an outer Earth, and a middle Earth. Venus, Mars, and the Earth. And now we're the only one left. Mm. So the fact that Mars probably be reclamated by sending you know lichens uh carbon dioxide absorbing plant life to the planet to mars itself just launch them there and let them grow and flourish in that environment the fact that 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 can be done i think is kind of a, a really important priority for us because the fact is is that we're vulnerable here we're vulnerable to an asteroid we're vulnerable to other planets <laughs> exploding in the solar system and causing all kinds of shit to go on in the solar system and, you know, we're just, we're vulnerable in a whole bunch of different ways. And I think that the more places we have that are habitable to live, we ought to do that. And, you know, I think, I think there's some estimates they could probably terraform Mars in a hundred years if we started today. So if I was the president, if I was President Trump, and I, you know, I would definitely make that a, a top priority of the Space Force. Let's get these plants, let's, let's, let's genetically design them, let's get them up there. They'll start sucking up the carbon dioxide and spitting out oxygen, and over time, the atmosphere will get thicker and thicker and more habitable, and it'll warm up, it'll retain more heat, and then the water will start to flow again, and then plants will start growing back, and we can move into a... It's like a, fur, it's like a furnished apartment. It'll be like a furnished uh, spare, spare apartment. Spare you know? A furnished spare apartment where you keep your side chick. That's, that's what it'll be like. <laughs> there you go. So, so are you saying that Mars is for side bitches? Mars is for side bitches, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so when you're sick of your wife here on Earth, you're like, I'm going to Mars. <laughs> I'm bitch. heading to Mars for the weekend. Oh, baby, baby, I got to go to Mars for work for the next like year. Year, <laughs> damn. Uh, they're sending me to Mars this week, baby. I don't know why. Oh my god. Wait. So, are you saying that the Earth isn't flat? Uh, I am saying that the Earth is not <laughs> flat. That is. I just had to ask. The Earth is flat, I'm sorry to say, is sci-fi. That's, that's sci-fi, not fact. He's sci-fi. You know what? We sci-fi the flat. We did. It, we tried to do a flat Earth episode, mm -hmm. and like, in all, in all honesty, it came off like we were just making fun of him. We didn't mean to. And well, okay, look, I just took a trip to Manchester, England about a month ago, right? I was in Manchester. And in order to get there, I, I flew from Seattle directly to Manchester, right? Now, New York to Manchester is an eight-hour flight. Seattle to Manchester is a nine-hour flight, but it's a six-hour flight from Seattle to New York. Why is that? Because when I leave from Seattle, I am farther north than New York, and I fly up almost to the Arctic Circle through Canada, across Greenland, down by Iceland, and into England on a parabolic course, which I could only take in my airplane if the Earth was spherical. If the Earth was flat, it wouldn't take me only one hour more to get there than it does from New York. It would actually take me 15 hours to get there, not nine. So that's, that's proof. That makes us feel better. I just had to know. So I want to ask uh, off topic, what first got you into the alien field? Wow. What first got me started on aliens? I got to be honest. It's the same thing. I talked to people about at alien con and, and, um, sorry, I burped. Um, 
I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, yeah, I did. I gotta be honest. Um, <laughs> I've been this way. Don't laugh. I gotta be honest. <laughs> you gigglers, you just start. You, ah, you're so cute. Um, I've been this way my whole life, so I don't know. I don't know what got me started. I think that I think what got me started in terms of should, do I really want to do this was the face on Mars, which was something that I looked at and I said to myself, okay, this is something that can be proven. It's something that can, we can take better pictures, we can analyze them, we can study them, we can determine whether or not this thing is artificial. So that was very attractive to me as opposed to the abduction stories and the sightings and the videos, which are just basically lights in the sky, right? So that's why I was fascinated by it. And that's what got me started actually working in the field. But in terms of my interest, it was always there from the time I can remember. I mean, my earliest memories at home are watching space launches on TV. So I was always fascinated by it. I, I was born this way. I mean, I think I, I came into this life to do this work. It's like a, a life contract kind of thing. Aww. Okay, so here's my question then, because I know a lot of your uh, your colleagues are like all about this. But have you ever been abducted by aliens? <laughs> he wants to be. No. I have not been abducted by aliens. Not that I can conscious not that I can consciously remember. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my next comment, not that you can remember. Because I, I do have a friend, Sonia, Sonia Grace, who's a psychic healer yeah, who I does work on me. She says she says, you know, oh, the, you got another fucking alien attached to you here, let me get rid of them, oh, you know. And shit. she sees them in the astral plane or the ethereal plane and she says that they do connect, they can connect with you in that way, like when you're asleep, when you're at night. And, you know, I mean, the other day I woke up with uh, with two scratches on my left shoulder and I, I felt really dizzy. I didn't feel very good. And I'm like, something happened last night because it wasn't one of my cats that scratched my shoulder. That was, our- <laughs> was going to be our next question. <laughs> I would have remembered because they were really deep scratches and they were also far apart. They were wide apart. They weren't like little itty bitty kitty claws. They were like two spread apart, like like alien fingers. Right. Ooh, shit. So. You know, but I mean, I think these things don't happen in the physical necessarily, or at least if they do, I don't remember them. So, you know, here's the thing. I, I hope it never does happen to me. But I, remember, there's there's one rule about alien abduction, ladies. If you wake up face up, it's probably going to be it's probably going to be a really good alien abduction experience. But it, if you wake up face down, not so much. That's arguable. That is arguable. Also, <laughs> me and Bree are kind of terrified at what they, we're going to be wearing if we're abducted at night, and we try to dress appropriately. Like, well, <laughs> well, don't they ta- don't they take all your clothes off anyway? Most of the time, they strip you naked, right? Still trying to look cute. Yeah, though. Still, still trying, trying to, like, to look, cute. look cute for the abduction part oh. of it. Like, what if you know he's like a what if the alien's like a hot fireman looking type, and he's abducting me, and I'm just like I've never heard of the hot fireman alien abduction scenario before. Listen, <laughs> anything is fucking possible at this point. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, well, ladies, I. I would simply Outrageous. say, you know, hit the gym, stay in shape, and uh, that way it'll never be a real problem. So. <laughs> I like it. All right, so I have a question from uh, Travis Southwest here on Reddit, and he wants to know if you think reptilians are real. Mm. God, really? You read the question? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I don't know. I think sci-fi. I, You know, Ooh, I hear about them, but it's like, it. I don't know. I mean, it's like you hear these women with these stories. Oh, Seven foot tall reptilian with a nine inch penis showed up in my house and had sex with me all night. All night, and the next day he didn't even call. You know, it's like I don't buy it. I just don't think that there's any proof of that. So again, you know, a lot of people see the grays, they don't see the reptilians so much. So I, you know, I don't know. The whole reptilian thing is just kind of 
pretty far out in left field for me. All right, I, I feel you. I feel you. What's your thoughts on the the mummy, the alien mummy oh. thing, the Atacama, whatever? No, we, not the Atacama. Not the, the Peruvian the Nazca. one. Nazca. That's what it is. Yeah, the Nazca mummies. Well, I mean, I've come out really strongly against them. I've done about 10, 15 videos now, and I've made several postings. And, I mean, they're fake. They're obviously fake. A friend of mine named Steve Mira, who I met in Manchester when I did the, uh, the Manchester uh, UFO show there, in June did some su superb work. He's worked with several different anthropologists and archaeologists, and they've determined that the little, the little ones at least, are mutilated human and dog skulls basically stitched together, and also fish skulls were used on one of them. And they all have the three fingers, just like the big ones. So if the little ones are verifiable fakes, then the odds that the big one is a verifiable fake are about 99.999%. And then you have the fact that all the DNA that's come back so far shows either human or contaminated. So this is a mutilated mummy. In fact, I have a contact in Peru who gave me the name of the person that's been identified by the Peruvian authorities as the person who actually manufactured the fake mummies and sold them to Gaia. And he, he's a known counterfeiter. He's used to counterfeit currency. He did, this is what he does with his life. He creates fakes. Art, jewelry, currency, he's done it all. And now he's doing aliens. So... But, you know, crazy. Yeah, it's the next thing. And, you know, they're trying to create some semblance of an economy there. They want people to come down. They want Peru, Nazca to be the Peruvian Roswell and get. I mean, why not? Why not? There. But it's it's just simply not true. And honestly, you know, some people in Gaia, I'm not going to name any names. Jay Widener <laughs> really embarrassed themselves, really embarrassed themselves because it's just not. I mean, I knew the second I thought saw it, it was nonsense. Oh, this is. This is the greatest discovery in human history. This is what Jay told me a year ago at Contact. Greatest discovery in human history. It's so it's so incredible, I can't talk about it. And then they, they show when they first saw it, and they took the thing out of a cardboard box. Yes, folks, the greatest discovery in human history was found in a cardboard box on a rooftop somewhere in Lima. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Come on. That is. So where do you stand with a lot of your colleagues have their own show on Gaia? Mm -hmm. And it kind of sounds like it's all kind of bullshit at this point, at least the foundation of it. Like, how does this change things? How do you feel like this changed things with your colleagues, with their shows, with the community in general? I found, sadly, that the people with the least to back up their claims are frequently the ones that are the most popular in our community. Hmm. That's the truth. That's interesting. That's about all I will say about it. All I'm saying is, do people not ask questions and they not care? I mean, look, this to me, this is not a joke. Yeah, this alien yeah. thing is not a joke. It's serious. I'm serious about this, right? And I mean serious with an S-E-R, not S-I-R. Oh. I'm serious about this Damn shit, it. girls. And when people, when people... Damn you, Mike. Just jump right out on stuff like the Pentagon videos. Oh, they're definitely flying saucers. It's embarrassing because it makes us look like idiots because anybody with a bit of a brain, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of experience knows that these things are fake. They know the, the mummies are fake. They know Stanley Kubrick didn't fake the moon landings. So when we embrace these things, we make the rest, it makes all of us look like idiots. And that's, that's why I'm so adamant about this. I mean, I'm trying to steer the course of this ship in a direction that has some credibility. And I, I, unfortunately, it just doesn't want to be steered and they just don't want to listen to me. And there's too many people making money off of the bullshit. So that's the way it is. You're a lone wolf? No, I don't think I'm a lone wolf, but there's not very many of us. Yeah. There's not very many of us that will, that will talk the truth about some of the stuff. Most people, as soon as some new story comes out, 
they jump all over it to try to get in on it and become the expert on it. So it happens. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Just like with any field in the world, you know, like any any study of research, somebody sees it and they say, "Ooh, I bet you I can get money off of that," and they jump into it, and then it you know muddies the waters for the rest of us. Yeah, I guess there's grant money involved and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. So I have another. This is actually a really funny question, and I like this. It's from a Gort Mend on Reddit, and he wants to know: Have you ever considered sticking up your hair too, so that you can become a meme. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. And there are pictures of me with better hair than Giorgio from the 1980s. <gasps> Ooh. So all you have to do is go to my Facebook or my Instagram and you can find those pictures. And You know what? Somebody sent me a video of you at like a very young age and I was dying because it's so, like, you're, wearing so like adorable, a, you're wearing like a blue jumpsuit and uh, I'm like, what are you doing? It was not a blue jumpsuit. It was a blue shirt with a cross button thing. It was very Duran Duranish. That very was me nice. at that point. And I was wearing blue jeans or black jeans. I don't remember. So yes, that, that is, uh, that's a video that's on YouTube that is from a long time ago. So. I was dying. I thought it was the cutest thing ever. I loved it. Uh, yeah, that's me. That's definitely my first television appearance before Ancient Aliens. There I am. So, yeah, I have considered that, but I have considered that, but uh, I don't have enough hair left to, to do that anymore. So, Ooh. <laughs> can't do it. Speaking of social media, everyone wants to know why. I already know the answer to this question, but everyone else wants to know why you've been kicked off Twitter. Um, <sighs> <laughs> I know, but people want to know. Twi- you know, Twitter is uh, does not like people that take certain viewpoints. And I've taken certain viewpoints and talked about certain things like politics and Pizzagate and things like that that they don't like. So they kicked me off. I do have a new account. It's Mike Barra, capital M, capital B. So it's M-I-K-E-B-A-R-A, nine, uh, at you know, on Twitter. So you can find me there if you want. I'm still there. Good, because the masses were worried. Yeah, well, they were like, people were like, why Why can't I find him on Twitter? Well, you know, basically, I think I, I think what it was is I called Ted Lieu a warthog. I think that was awesome. <laughs> 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 you know, Congressman Ted Lieu, yeah, you're a fucking warthog. The problem is, look, in the last, and this is interesting, this is the physics. This is what I wrote about in The Choice, you know. People are becoming polarized, and I just can't keep my mouth shut anymore. I just, you know, there are certain people in our community that are just politically, they're just so dumb, I can't, you know, it's really hard for me to keep my mouth shut, but I have been with them, but it's like, you know, I just kind of been saying whatever's on my mind when I read something that I know is just complete BS, and like Trump colluded with the Russians, I just go nuts. And I just, you know, they, they just started targeting me and I knew they were shadow banning me for a long time. So um, also on my new account, I had 3,500 followers and now it's down to 282. And it's been funny because in the last month since Twitter started an all out war on conservatives and people with different political thought that they didn't like, my followers have gone from like, on my new account, have gone from like 3,500 to 200 to 3,500 to 87 back and forth and back and forth and back and forth over and over again. So they're deleting people from Yeah, they're they're going they're deliberately targeting and deleting followers. So yeah, right now I have 267 and I had at almost 3600 about 4 days ago. So Oh my god, just got to yeah. get off Twitter. Well, it's just it's too valuable. You know, it's funny when I didn't have it, I was like, god, I miss it because it was where I got my news from. I mean, if I would go on there and the people that I follow, I would know I I know instantly what's going on in the world, you know, what I what I care about. I will say one good thing that we've re- like I've realized with our podcast is what, whatever happens in the space world, somebody fucking tags us in it now, and I immediately know. That's cool. It's, it's crazy to me. Like, 
the, you know, Tom DeLonge came out this morning with some bullshit, and immediately three seconds after he posted it, our listeners were like, oh my god, at that one time I was abducted, have you seen this yet? Oh, really? What did he come out with today, do we know? Oh my <laughs> god, okay, so it's a picture that he posted on his Instagram of, it literally looks like a jar that you, like, you do piss tests in, and it's a sample yeah. jar. No. Nah. Not that any of us would know anything about what those look like. Oh, please, I've taken so many drug tests in my life. I used to work at a job where if there wasn't weed in my system, they'd fire me. Jesus. And that's when I lived in Seattle. But it was a a jar. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it. You see it? I'm looking at it right now. Okay, yeah. And then then his little thing, like, uh, oh, we're going to test this uh, alien material. We'll get back to you. Right. Great. Well, you know, I worked on a TV show called Uncovering Aliens in, mm-hmm. uh, in 2013, 2014. And uh, we went to a case. It was the Ben Foggins case in Ohio. And he had a piece of material that actually fell off of a UFO that was flying over his house. He had all the abduction experiences, spooky alien stuff, UFOs flying over his house. And a piece of this molten stuff fell off and he still had a chunk of it. And we tested it and it was non-terrestrial. It was an aluminum alloy. That had that had non-terrestrial isotopic oxygen isotope ratios in some of the elements like um, strontium, and what that means is it was manufactured and it was manufactured on other than the Earth or using materials from another planet. So that's 2013. We did that, so we already beat everybody to the punch on this. And I, again, I, you know, some of these things are out there, and I'm like, why do people not know about this? <laughs> do we, you know, this, this this stuff's been tested three or four times now. And it keeps coming back more non-terrestrial. So I'm like, you do the work and you think people are going to notice and, and nobody does. Cause no, you know, but I suppose if Tom DeLonge does it, then somebody will say, oh, wow, yeah, Tom DeLonge is coming this. No, actually, it was, it was this TV show on Animal Planet five years ago that discovered it. But, oh, well, it's true. It really gets annoying. That's unfortunately the cycle of disclosure right now, though, that, you know, me and Brie have realized is, like, the stuff that they talked about, you know, five, ten years ago all of a sudden is coming back and it's and people are acting like it's new information when we've we've known all this shit for a long time. So it's a little bit strange that people want to try to bring up old shit and try to make it new again. Yeah, well, I think what happens is, is that you have new generations of people coming along. There's a lot of young people interested in this stuff now, and they're coming along, and they've never heard of this stuff before. True. So then it becomes kind of a new thing, you know. And and what's but what happens is is that other people in the UFO community who you would think would know that person A or person B was the guy who actually brought this forward would say, oh, you got to go read, you know, you got to go watch Bob Lazar's video, or you got to go read Mike Barra's book, or you got to go. You know, go see uh, Richard Dolan's podcast. You would think that they would do that, but no, they don't. They just sort of exploit it for their own. It's like, gosh, is it like every three or four years I have to go through the whole we never went to the moon shit again? No, that's going to literally it's going to happen every three or four years. It's going to. Yeah, that's it is. So I just need to be prepared for history is doomed to repeat itself. And we live on this horrible, horrible planet where we just repeat ourselves constantly. Hey, give some credit. I guess I'm stuck in a perpetual kind of a perpetual thing where I'm going to be fighting this battle the whole rest of my life is the way I gotta look at it you know just face reality your name is gonna be synonymous with controversy probably for the rest of your life people are gonna constantly think of you as somebody who pushes buttons well (laughs) unless I get super rich and just go start making movies make sci-fi movies instead of because it's so much easier to do this by the way I have a great novel out called Lightbringer everybody should pick it up it's on Amazon you can get it on Kindle or you can get a print paperback of it Lightbringer by Mike Barra. It's an awesome, it's it's like the X-Files meets the Da Vinci Code. So go pick it up. You will enjoy my novel. And I have another one coming out, which is really sick that you'll really like. 
So, so I just want to—I I have it figured out. So here's what we need to do, Mike, and and me and Bree will help you. So what we'll do is we'll start an academy called To the Space Academy, <laughs> and we'll put out fake <laughs> alien information. We'll get people to donate to us, and then we can make all the movies and books we want. Yeah, you know, I think that's a good idea. Although one of my psychic friends again told me, you know, Mike, you're just not the guy that can get away with faking it. Everybody's going to know it's that you're just making it up. So I'm like, but don't they know uh, from these other people? You know, you would true. you would think yeah. that people would probably criticize you more harshly than anyone else, I would think, which is why you probably couldn't get away with it. So are you going to be at contact this coming year? So yeah, I've talked to Victoria and it looks like, but there's no official invitations, but I mean, I'm sure there will be. So um, unless I really, uh, you know, piss the wrong person off, I think I'm good for contact again next year. So I'm excited. And- yeah, hey, and we, not buy your own ticket and just Yeah, we were up. really worried because we were like, oh shit, with all the shit that's going on with Gaia, does that mean contact's going to happen this year? Because that's, you know, that's the number one sponsor. And Gaia is a sponsor. I don't think Gaia is going to go out of business anytime soon, but you know, I mean, they, they theoretically could, you know, take some action against me, in which case I would sue them. So so, you know, just got to remember, I remember something I was told at Boeing once when I was first started at Boeing. They said, you should be careful about who you piss off at this place because you might end up working for them someday. I like it. All right, Mike. Well, that's that's all we have time for tonight. But we thank you so much for coming on. You're like such a little Scorpio. What sign are you? You're done with me? I'm an Aquarius. You're done with me? That's oh it? Oh, my you're, God. You're an Aquarius. You're, like, no, you're getting rid of me? I have to for go. Never. For tonight, never. yes, but no, we're gonna have we're gonna have an update. Do you want to have a talk tomorrow morning? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll I'm gonna you. I'm gonna really He's sleep like, in no, tomorrow morning. No, I'm really no. burned. I, I but we're gonna have to come back to you because it is so easy to talk to you. It's so nice. We need a part two. Yeah, it's, it's always easy to talk to you guys too, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this because you know you're both really cute and you're both really fun and you're really smart, and I just have great. Chemistry. I'm just able to talk to you guys about anything, and I really like that. So thanks for having me. You know, thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you for, you know, being so nice to us at all these events that we run into you Seriously. at. And taking the time to, like, you know, just talk to us and hang out. Well, you, you guys buy me alcohol. Why wouldn't I be nice to you if you're buying me alcohol? You know what? We've realized that that's what we do at these things. If we mm-hmm. buy the speakers alcohol, yeah. they hang out around but us. But they're not always cool. Yeah, and, and the only way it could be better is if you had blow. That's the only way it would be better. Oh, I shit. say that constantly, strippers and cokes. <laughs> strippers and coke everywhere we go but we should if bring we it. fly like i'm not putting that up my ass i'm sorry come on but we're in la you think i can't okay well, then you can do that <laughs> wait you can mike, do that mike <laughs> were you at the bar with us when the hooker was down there you told him no, about it the I next did i tell you about the hooker which one when we when we were at, at alien con no alien, alien con. con there was a hooker there there was a hooker there oh. really yeah, we, oh, yeah, I don't know. Now I remember you said this girl was a hooker. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, she was my favorite. I bet you she could have got us some blow. Probably. She probably had some of her purse. Probably, in you all mean honesty. her ass. <laughs> wow. Ass, purse, doesn't matter. I'll sniff it out. I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. People say I, I go know. too far. People say I go too far. Wow. Okay, got it. <laughs> I love you. Girls. I'm gonna cut that out. That's the funny. <laughs> that's the funny part. Brie goes farther than anyone, and then she just cuts it out of the fucking episode, that's so no one knows. True. Should, you, that is not yeah, true. Brie, you should it actually is. put them in the episode. That would be better. Jamie's full of shit. That's not how it happens. <laughs> All right, Mike. It was good to talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah, Mike. We love you. Thank you so much. You guys too. We will do it again soon. All right, Thanks. deal. All right, bye. Damn, Brie. That was awesome. That was a good-ass interview. That was all over the place. I think we got a lot of topics covered. It was definitely all over the place, but I loved it so much. Yeah, he's a really fun guy to talk to. We could have talked for ever, really. Yeah, this episode actually doesn't even have all of this interview in it. Correct. 
We experienced some like technical difficulties in the beginning of when we were interviewing Mike. Um, we had some connection issues or the government was trying to block whatever he was saying to us. That's exactly what it was. I mean, I, that's what I really think it was. Me too. So there's some good juicy stuff. I'm not going to tell you what the content is because I'm going to leave that open and in the air. But tell them, Brie, where they can find the part of the interview that's not on the podcast. It will be uploaded to our Patreon page. If you are a Patreon, you will be able to listen to it. If you want to sit through the broken up parts to get those juicy details, because that's really the most intense part of our conversation. Unfortunately, that is the part that was broken up and really the most controversial parts, I would say, as well. I would say very controversial. And if you know Mike Barra, you know he's controversial. Oh, yeah. I almost think that it's meant to be that it wasn't perfect audio because then I couldn't upload it for everyone. To save your ears, I know a lot of you don't want to listen to broken up voices, So, but if you do, it's definitely going to be on there, and it's very, very, very juicy. deep. And, yeah. yeah. It goes out there for sure, so that's where you guys can find it if you do want to listen to it. Absolutely. And we just want to thank you guys so much for listening. Thank uh, you again to Mike Barra. Absolutely. You're a pleasure. Don't worry. We'll see you soon. Don't worry. We'll hang out soon. We'll be in your area in September. So maybe we'll grab a drink. Yeah, that sounds like fun. We'd love to grab another interview with him in person. He's like a friend now, I feel like. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Mike Barra's our buddy now. Ooh, besties. Besties. All right, guys. If you want to check us out, hit us up on Instagram at that one time I was abducted. Shoot us a wonderful email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on OnStellar, on all the social media bullshits. Also, yeah, your favorite. So we have our own subreddit. So you guys check us out. Just look up that one time I was abducted by aliens and you'll find us. We'll be posting all of our episodes on there and some other, you know, maybe like random articles we find. And we really want you guys to post stuff so we can see it so we can see what you guys want to want to talk about here on the podcast. Yeah, it's another outlet that you guys can stay in contact with us. And it's pretty fun. I know Jamie has a really great time there on Reddit. I, honestly, I really do. I try <laughs> I, I try really hard to not troll people and like it's it's difficult. <laughs> And I've, I've had to restrain myself because it's not my own personal Reddit, yeah. and it's ours. And so I'm like, oh, god damn you bastards. <laughs> like, people want to get in fights with me about free energy machines, and I'm like, oh, god damn you. <laughs> Better save that. Exactly. So check us out on Reddit. Make sure you check out our Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, can we just give a shout-out real quick to Destiny? Destiny, Destiny. Thank you so much for all of your love and support and for becoming a Patreon. We absolutely love you, and we couldn't be more grateful that you decided to join. It's really going to help us out. Absolutely. And shout out again to fucking Scotty out yes. in the UK. Scotty, Scotty. Took his fucking $5 donation to a $10 donation, and he's officially the first and only middle, middle bitch. bitch. That's a place to be at, middle bitch for life. For life. All right, guys. I uh, We love you all so much. Love you much. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. And uh, fuck you, Mountain View, California. Have a great day, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.